Let's get real, let's get inspirational, a little bit emotional, and let's shed some sunshine. This is the Sunshine Steven Podcast. Welcome! Good day and happy Wednesday, and also happy Pride 2023. Wow, time is flying. This year is flying. It's wild, but we're going to make it, y'all. We're going to do so great and amazing, and I have three episodes coming out during Pride um, because I needed a break. So (laughs) the first episode is with new friend Mac, who is talking all about positive masculinity So uh, it's a lot. It's a great organization. Um, Also, Mike's going to talk about his book, and we're going to get into that. You can go buy it, go donate, go write blogs for them. It's a whole kit and caboodle thing. So let's get into it, shall we? Well, welcome, new friend, to the Sunshine Steven podcast. How are you today? I'm very good. How are you? I'm doing well. I always like to ask, where are you in the world and how is the weather? Because that's always a good icebreaker. <laughs> well, I'm in Seattle, Washington. So this time of year, it's generally gray. Oh. And it's, it's, it depends on which shade of gray it is. And it's a, yeah, it's a hazy gray right now. <laughs> yeah, I cannot relate. I am in Florida and it is ah. sunny. So <laughs> Nice. I'm originally from Florida, so. Oh, I'm sorry to hear. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly survived and recovered. Yep. Nope. <laughs> I am from Florida and I still am here. I don't know why, but. I do miss the sunshine some days, though. It, it is pretty nice. The older I've gotten, the more I'm like, oh, I appreciate this, especially traveling other places where I'm like, yeah. this is what y'all call a sunny day. This is not okay. Cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, even though I literally just got a weather alert that it's going to rain all day tomorrow, and I'm like, yep. Sounds like Florida. <laughs> you get <laughs> that weather changes whenever it wants. Um, anyways, uh, I want to throw it over to you because you know you better than anybody else to kind of introduce yourself, what you do, and then we'll get into it. Uh, well, I am also known as the Gender Sensei. My name is Mac, and I got that title because um, I have a long history in the martial arts. Oh, nice. I started martial arts at six years old, and um, so now I've been in martial arts over 50 years and uh, I'm former U S karate team member and uh, United States fighting champion four times and world champion as well. Um, and so I've been inducted in the martial arts hall of fame in two categories. So um, yeah, long martial arts history. Yeah, so I don't cross team. you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm a great guy to have a beer with because, you know, I can take care of whatever happens. But anyway, True. <laughs> and most of us that have that kind of extensive training, we're the last people that want to want to get in a fight because we know somebody's going to have a bad day. And we, I, I don't want anybody to have a bad day. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but that brought me, you know, so I was a public speaker for a long time, a motivational speaker due to all my martial arts accolades and and travels. And then um you know, I started diving into teaching other things with my own gender journey. Uh, you know, my first test of life, they gave me an F. And uh, so I was <laughs> born biological sex female. And at four or five years old, I started changing my name to a masculine name when playing with other kids. So I knew at four and five, 
that the name I was given didn't fit and the expectations around it, especially growing up in the South, going oh. to Southern Baptist school. Yeah. Oh, um, he's yeah, loading it on. Oh, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, you know, I knew all that didn't fit, but I didn't have any language to explain it other than to change my name to something that I felt fit better. Right. Because of course I had no exposure to the LGBTQ community at the time of anybody that was out anyway. The only acronym I was hearing was WWJD. And you know what that means? What would Jesus yep. do? <laughs> well, Jesus would be sitting here talking to us queers and fine about it. But but the followers of Jesus a lot of times don't get that. So, right. <laughs> right. so um, with that journey, once I retired from competition in the martial arts, I was 39 at the time when I retired, which was a very long competition career. At the time, I was the oldest male or female on the U.S. karate team, and I had these 18 and 19-year-olds calling me the grandparent of the team at 39. <laughs> yes, I did want to smack them, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I happened to win two medals in that world championships and thought, this would probably be a really good time to retire on top. Yeah. So I did. And that was the thing really holding me back from going through my metal, medical transition because if you think they're fighting about it and not sure what to do with trans athletes now, I mean, you know, oh, back yeah. then, I certainly didn't know what to do. And especially I was in a contact sport. All my awards are in sparring and fighting. So, yeah, they certainly didn't know what to do with it and would have not allowed me to compete. And I knew that was a really rare opportunity that I had worked very hard for. You know, only about the top 100 athletes in any sport in any country get that opportunity. So that's pretty amazing. And I wanted to ride that ride as long as I could. So once I retired from competition, I started doing research as to where are the best places to go to go through this process where I can talk to community members that have been through it and get, you know, their take on it. Right. Where there are medical professionals and psychologists that know how to deal with this, that are used to dealing with the trans community have experience because my body had always been a fine-tuned machine for me and I wanted to do this in the healthiest way possible. And that's what brought me to Seattle, honestly. I, you know, in the research I did, Seattle has one of the largest trans communities in the United States of America and the longest running uh, trans and gender nonconforming peer support group oh, nice. in the world. Um, yeah, it's been running almost 50 years now. And so I was able to, you know, I came here to visit a few times in the summer. And if you visit Seattle in the summer, especially being from Florida, you'll know this. This Seattle will seduce you because it's lower humidity. The highs are in oh, the 70s. Done. I'm there. <laughs> Mosquito is not the state bird here. <laughs> yep. Sold. <laughs> yeah, you can sit out on your patio and have dinner and drinks with friends and not feel like you're going to melt, yep. you know, in yep. the summer. And it's just gorgeous. Right. So and the way we say the sun is out in Seattle is we say the mountain is out. You can see Mount Rainier when it's a clear sunny day, right? And it's just gorgeous. And I love to hike and kayak and there's all this beautiful hiking and kayaking here. So yeah, I visited in the summer and, and she seduced me and I moved here <laughs> and here we are. So after I started my process, people in the community said to me, well, you've been a public speaker for a long time and a teacher. We need more people with your type of experience to explain this journey right people who don't get it 
And of course, with my religious background, I could also talk with the people that have religious objections because I know the Bible. I was in Bible class my whole growing up, right? So I understand how they're going to use the Bible and I understand the context of things they take out of context. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my actually in Florida, never no. (laughs) My first bachelor's degree is in religious studies, so you know, study this, and uh, so you know, then I started teaching uh, about gender and diversity and the way we've been socialized around gender and sexuality, and that's what led me to be called the gender sensei, marrying my martial arts past with what I'm doing now, right? And yeah. And, uh, and a friend of mine gave me that title and, and it was so catchy when he said it, I was like, that's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Taking that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that. And, uh, you know, so that's what I, and now I run a nonprofit called positive masculinity because in this deep dive of gender socialization and social conditioning and expectations and, and my own journey of, you know, like seeing it from three different sides, when you right. go through transition, I lived you know, this experience as, as what the world treats someone who is female. Then when you start your transition, you have two or three years when you're in this in-between phase where people aren't sure what, what category to put you in. And, and it's really interesting to study how they treat you in that, you know, area. Yeah. And then now on the other side, I've seen a whole other side of how people, you know, react and treat you. And it's just such an interesting study of life. Um, you know, that I started this nonprofit because I've met a lot of men, especially cisgender, straight men, especially, that, you know, have so many obstacles to thriving in life because of the way they've been conditioned around masculinity. Hmm. To think they always have to be strong, always yeah. have to be self-sufficient, so they'll never ask for help. And, you know, the highest rate of suicide is among middle-aged men. And I think a lot of that crazy messaging is a big part of that. Definitely. It hinders us from communicating. It it tells guys to shut down their whole emotional being, you know, and that you're you're not, you know, a real man if you're too emotional or, you know, all this. Can't cry, yeah. Right, right. So, yeah, that's when I, you know, so then I wrote a book about all that study, Positive Masculinity Now, and I run a nonprofit now for four and a half years and um, run men's discussion groups around this where there are all different kinds of guys, you know, from we, we ask that people be 18 and up because we want people to feel open to talk about all kinds of different subjects. Yeah. We have people from 18 to in their 80s come to this you know, all kinds of different demographics, bi, straight, gay, you know, uh, cis guys, trans guys, you know, it's just, it's all over the map, uh, which is really wonderful because you have different perspectives on that socialization. So it's been an interesting journey for sure. No, definitely. And I I know from growing up in Florida and Baptist (laughs) areas and stuff that it's, I, I know, not trying to date you or anything, but I know, like you said, you think it's a struggle now. Back then, I'm sure it was even more than when I was growing up. I know it was even hush hush and the whole yeah. boys will be boys, rub some dirt on it. You can't cry. You can't. And I'm like, I'm a Pisces. I cry at everything. So, well, 
see it. Oh, there you are. I can't help it. Like, (laughs) it was like, oh, you're a sissy or whatever. And I'm like, okay. But now I'm like, whatever. Crying is great. (laughs) That's my therapist. (laughs) So it's it's cool to see that you found that support group um, and now able to give back. And I mean, 18 to 80, like you said, that's a wide variety. And plus, I don't think it needs to be just, like you said, cis hetero men it all men really need to to take a a lesson from it yeah even even people in the lgbtq community right we've all been socialized around gender the same way growing up and the expectations you know that go with that so um you know you still see that i mean for how many years even in the lgbtq community did people tell folks that said they were bisexual to pick a team that tells you right there right that they didn't want to validate that somebody could be bisexual or pansexual. They wanted you to pick one of the pick, bi- Yes. Something yeah. that they thought was that would fit. Or even as yeah. a gay man, which I am, uh, <laughs> a lot of, even when I first came out, was like, well, you could be gay, but don't be too gay. Like, don't right. don't wear women's clothes. Don't wear pink. Don't wear, And I'm like, what? Like, what is this? Right. Okay. Yeah. I don't understand, but yeah I digress <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> wild I do want to talk a little bit more about your book and how because I'm always interested when people write a book because that's a big feat I feel like in life because wow it's, it's a, a lot <laughs> yeah so talk me through that process how was that man I I've heard other authors say it's like birthing a child and and I don't want to take away from people who have birthed a child at all um because I know that's a it's a it's a huge feat, but this is like birthing something you put your heart and soul into, right? And it takes right. so much time and and effort and follow through and you know all of that, and then you put it out into the world like you send a kid out, and that's so vulnerable. Oh my <laughs> gosh, for people to sit behind their whatever their computer and their little you know and and criticize it or whatever, yeah. you know? it's so interesting. Yeah, uh, it's it's it was I had a book coach because oh, it was nice. my first book. I've written many articles, so I've written a lot of articles for the Huffington Post and things like that and, and Seattle Gay News, which is one of the longest running uh, gay newspapers in the world, still consistently running. Um, and and, you know, that's one thing writing an articles. It's it's its own thing, but it's nothing like yeah. a book. It's All a nugget. Whereas a book is a buffet. <laughs> like, yeah, totally, totally. That's a good way to explain it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a good analogy. So yeah, it took a lot of follow through, and me getting a book coach was very helpful because, you know, I didn't know anything about formatting for a book and all that, and he helped with that. And he would also tell me, give me advice. So you're talking a little too much about this here, and you need a little more on this over here, you know, and that kind Definitely. of pull it out of me. So that was good. Yeah, I always think back to Queen Dolly Parton, who yes. in interviews have said, you know, her songs are like her children. You yeah. put them out in the world and you hope that they do right. great and wonderful, but it is, yeah. it's a vulnerable thing too, because people are going to read it and judge it or oh, yeah. tell you that they hate it, love it, whatever it might be. And it's like, cool, 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 cool. Like, no yeah, pressure. It's so funny how some people that have never written anything, right, become such uh, big armchair critics. Yeah, <laughs> they know everything. They're like, oh, the way that, and I'm like... What's the yeah. last thing you wrote? <laughs> like, right. please, yeah, exactly. Let me let me see. What's the last? Let me go through your text to see how right. well. Right. Text, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You so. know, they say they say eighty some percent of the people in the world want say they want to write a book one day. Only one percent actually follow through and do it. So that just gives you an idea 
it's how tough it is. It yeah. Is, yeah. Oh, wow. That makes me, I don't want to be part of that 80% or 80. I've already, already started on two more books. So I must be, I must be a glutton for punishment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like this is, this is a lot, but I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's always good. That's what you could tell when you're passionate about something. And it's always good to put that into the world. And that's why I love books anyways, either fictional nonfiction or anything like that it's it's a form of putting that out in the world so well, it, and it's a legacy right it, yeah. it's something that you put out that can go that will go on forever um long after i'm gone that information will still be out there right so that's pretty amazing yeah you, you, know, you feel like you and and the book has been number one new release in five categories including gender studies and men's health Oh, nice. Uh, which are big uh, and LGBTQ as well. I have an entire chapter in here about the uh, patriarchy and, and toxic masculinity in the LGBTQ community. So I call that out as well. And I talk about, you know, how we as a community need to work through that. <laughs> <ourselves>. Yes. <laughs> no, 100%. It makes me think back to my college days, uh, sociology major. And one of the classes that I took was gender studies. Yeah. Yeah. And there were so many times there was heated debates on gender and like it, it isn't one size fits all. So it's super, it's, it's one of those topics that I feel like even grown adults might not feel the most comfortable with because of the generations too. Like, I know my grandparents are like, nope, this is how we grew up and we're not changing. And I'm like, cool, 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 cool. So yeah. I won't wear this pink shirt around you. because. <laughs> Well, it's so funny because even science, right, knows a lot more about these things now and that gender is not in any form, not in nature, not in human beings, not in animals. It is not binary. Right. It is not, you know, <laughs> it is not just biological sex, male and female. Right. I mean, now they've discovered 60 variations of being intersex. And that is the old word for that was hermaphrodite. Now it's intersex. And what that means is that a person is born with some of both biological sex characteristics. So that's a very interesting thing. Yeah. Now we're talking about 60 shades of gray in the middle there. Literally. Like, and, and so if it was just binary, there wouldn't be that. Correct. And my question I always ask the religious you know, folks is, does God make mistakes? And they say, no, of course not. Then I say, how do you explain intersex people? Because there are at least as many intersex people as there are redheads in the world. Oh, wow. So you, we have all, we all know someone with red hair. So right. <laughs> contact with someone that's intersex, we don't even know it. That's wild. Yeah. Now I'm gonna look at redheads and be like, "What if you're both? That's yeah, you're I'm a sure unicorn." <laughs> like, I'm sure there are a few that are both. <laughs> that's, I mean, that would be a unicorn moment right there. Definitely. That's really interesting, and I, I, yeah, I love when a good religious person is like, "Oh, oh," and it's like, "Yeah, now you think." <laughs> well, you see steam coming out of exactly. You know how to talk, you know, because I just I lead with that. Does God make mistakes? And then. <laughs> They're like, oh, you're not going to get me. No, right. <laughs> he doesn't. Yeah. And it's like, well, and it's like, oh, crap. Yeah. You can't backpedal from that for sure. So no, yeah. well, that's good. Uh, <laughs> one question I always like to ask guests, and it could be anybody real, anybody in your family. It could be multiple people, but who inspires you and why? Oh. 
I know it's uh, always the I, tough one too. <laughs> well, I would say two people that come to mind right away are Don Miguel Ruiz, uh, who wrote the book, the four agreements. And if you haven't mm-hmm. read that, I highly recommend it. it. It's something I use as a life philosophy. Uh, it's very simple and boy, does it cut out drama in your life. If you just follow these four simple agreements. I've heard so many people talk about this. I'm yeah, writing it down. The, I need to yeah, get it. One of the four agreements is it's not all about you. In other words, saying this to yourself, <laughs> like we think a lot of times the way things happen in the world or the way someone reacts to us is about us. Right. It's usually about what they're going through. True. It's usually their own stuff. So, you know, he points that out. <laughs> we have a tendency. It's our ego. That it's, yep. All they're all looking at me because of X, Y, and Z. Maybe they just are blanked out because of their thinking about their day. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Or the reason they spoke to you in that way is because they're stressed about many other things True, in their yeah. own life. It has nothing to do with you, you know? So <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. To... And the other one would be Brene Brown. Oh yes. Brene Brown. Uh, you know, I write a lot about her stuff in my book because, you know, when you're talking to guys about uh, removing obstacles for, for them to thrive, I mean, you cannot, talk about that without talking about embracing vulnerability mm-hmm. and she's the she's the vulnerability guru mama yes, you know? yes. and she has so many good things to say about that and uh, so yeah i would love to be able to have lunch with her and you know just pick her brain yeah <laughs> i feel like i would make sure that lunch lasts until dinner (laughs) (laughs) oh since we're here and you haven't eaten in five hours let's have dinner yeah yeah yeah. go to an all-you-can-eat buffet and stay all the way exactly exactly which actually brings me to my next thing that i like to do i like to ask random silly questions which one of them is if you could have a dinner party invite five people living or not fictional Mm -hmm. or non-fictional who would you pick it's always a tough one people People always go back and they're like, oh, I should have said, especially with the <laughs> the who inspires you. I've had somebody reach back out and be like, oh, my grandma, I should have picked her. And I was like, I don't think your grandma's listening to my show, but okay. <laughs> I think grandma's going to be fine. <laughs> well, I would definitely say the two people I just mentioned, Don Miguel Ruiz and, and Brene Brown. Um, I would also say the Dalai Lama. I just find I had the privilege of sitting, of, of being invited to a teaching as a college professor in Florida, uh, I was uh, teaching at Valencia Community College in Central Florida at the time, um, and they invited all college professors and administration to do this four-day event with the Dalai Lama in Miami. Wow! And it was all about having having world peace. But he taught the only way to have world peace is through each of us having individual peace, mm. and it was phenomenal. And just his energy. I've been around a lot of religious leaders in my life and a lot of them, you know, they talk about the joy of the Lord, but they certainly never exhibited or rarely ever exhibited, but his energy makes you, it's light. He giggles a lot. His joy just spills out and then it's kind of contagious, right? It's just a great feeling. So I would say definitely the Dalai Lama. Um, And maybe uh, Billie Jean King. That'd be a good one. And I will tell you the reason is because of all my years as an athlete, as a, a female, you know, with the world uses right, yeah. fought for women's rights as athletes because we got second class everything. Mm. Billy Jean has done such amazing work in that. And so I've always Surprise, admired, yeah. you know, and she's been so courageous. Like 
when she came out, oh my gosh, I mean, think of it back then, you know, um, the stuff she had to deal with. And right. I, I have a lot of respect for her and I've met a lot of great people, but she's the one that I would like to meet before, you know, while she's still here. And thank yeah. you. Um, I get one more, right? One more. No pressure. <laughs> I know it's always the hardest thing. Nelson Mandela. Who? <laughs> yeah. I just, I just have so much respect for the fact that he went through what he did and wasn't bitter. Right. And I would just love to talk to him about how he, how he navigated not being mad and bitter when he came out of that. Yeah, because it's so easy to be, and especially oh if you gosh. go through all that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I could say the same, honestly. Yeah. So <laughs> I would pick his brain as well too. Like, how do you let things go? <laughs> like, he was in there for years. I mean, he's yeah. like, you know, we thought it was rough. Brittany Griner being in held in Russia for how long? A, a few months. Yeah. He was in there for years. years. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, he's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing person. Too much, but yeah. Yeah. I have a, no- a couple few that I just have random index cards. <laughs> My background's blurred, so you didn't see that. Uh, would you rather see a play or a movie? Oh, I love them both. I know, it's so hard. I, I would probably say if I had to choose a play, because I do love live performance, and I'm a I'm a performer myself. So, you know, as a speaker, and I've been an MC of many events, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. So There's something that. magical about seeing a play and the live... <laughs> anything i love too so i get that uh if you could pick up one skill instantly what skill would it be sewing oh i wish that (laughs) and i'm sure some of the drag queens on rupaul's drag race wish too because yeah no kidding right i've had a lot of people ask me what don't you do because i have you know i've been able to do a lot of things and I always say, you know, you give me a sword, a samurai sword, and I'm fine. Give me a sewing needle, and I hurt myself every time. Yes. I mean- <laughs> it's incredible. My grandmother, clearly, like she, the things that she would just be like, oh, let me do that. Like, I was like, what are you, how did you come up with that? Like, oh, I turned these sheets into a curtain. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> how did yeah, you I do had that? an aunt. I had an aunt that used to just take scrap material and make the most cool the coolest things out cool, of them. yeah and i'm like oh all right i could barely tie my shoes i wear toms <laughs> <laughs> don't have that that in me um mental health is something that i always talk about with every guest and i yeah. think it's something that i'm hoping we're all breaking the stigma on and talking more about so i always always like to ask something that you're willing to share that you do to keep your mental health in check well, I meditate, of course, from my many years in the martial arts, um, you know, that's a part of, of traditional martial arts training. Mm-hmm. And so I learned to meditate very young and so that and I'm a moving meditator. In other words, I like to um, it's harder for me to sit. I can meditate sitting for a little while, but I'm more of a being an athlete my whole life. You know, Tai Chi is like moving meditation. So I do it more like that. Or I walk my dog when I'm doing positive affirmation meditation, that kind of thing. I like to move and do it. Yeah. yeah. That's 
better than <laughs> moving while you're driving a car because some people are like i love putting on meditation music and, and i'm like please don't zone out while you're driving exactly <laughs> that, please, that would be good yeah walk your dog <laughs> do right. move around do not drive a vehicle that's not right. smart um but meditation is so i always tell people yeah, i have a I couple episodes that, on that <laughs> yeah i would say that in getting out into nature there's something about nature in me that's very grounding oh yeah reason why i love hiking or kayaking being out in nature it just yeah which i'm sure seattle has a lot prettier mm-hmm. spots than florida where i'm like if i go if i go out on walking trails i'm gonna run into a snake or a gator and i'm just not here for that we don't have to worry about that here yeah <laughs> yeah lucky <Right>. you <laughs> yeah. not in florida yeah oh well, i know yeah. yeah i've explained to my wife about gators and whitewater moccasins in florida yes what? Yeah. People are like they're they're like they're that's not real. I'm like, yeah, they taught us in school how to run from an alligator. Like, yeah. and I'm oh, not yeah. kidding. Oh yeah, golfing with my brother in Florida. We had one come out of the lake. You know, of course, as you know, during mating season, they yep. my yep. brother was teed up, ready to hit the ball, and I'm watching. I'm watching the skaters start working. I'm telling him, you know, you better hurry up and do your shot yeah. so we can get in this car and get out of here. He's like, he thought I was pulling his leg trying to mess up his shot. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, no, behind him. no pressure but <laughs> wrap it up that's right yeah. <laughs> let's go yeah they they just pop out of nowhere and i don't like it uh recommendations is always something i know you mentioned one book so any movies music television show podcast or books doesn't have to be anything new that you any chance that you get to sing their praises and tell people you need this in your life what would you recommend yeah. Uh, well, Brene Brown's podcast, Unlocking Us, um, and Dare to Lead, she has two that are really both just amazing podcasts. And I also really have gotten um, hooked on two other ones. One is Glennon Doyle's uh, We Can Do Hard Things. Her and her partner, uh, Abby, uh, they have a podcast that the two of them and Glennon Doyle's sister, it's called We Can Do Hard Things, and they have they talk about tough things to talk about. It's really a great podcast. And the other one I really like is Alan Alda's podcast, Clear and Vivid. And it's all about communication, and he's just such a nice, genuine, sweet guy. But he everything he talks to people about is trying to learn things to help us be better communicators, which is great. Yeah, because communication is very important. <laughs> it is, yeah. I, especially when you're communicating, hey, there's a gator, hurry up and take your shot. <laughs> right. yeah. Get your ass moving. <laughs> yeah, this is not the time. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like people that are listening and that aren't from Florida are like, they have to be. No, we are dead serious. No, we are not <laughs> kidding. Yes. It's that way. I've had teachers before growing up in high school that are like, sorry, I was late. There was an alligator in my driveway and I couldn't oh, get totally. to work to your car yeah i'm like yeah and i grew up cool. we had a swimming pool and you have to be careful about that because yep. they're in your pool you have to look before you jump in <laughs> yes exactly yeah people it's it's a thing it's scary yeah. and i don't deal with snakes at all i skip the reptile exhibit at the zoo i don't like snakes if nope and they they're they're here and they're oh, big boy, and scary they're here, of course and i'll tell you whitewater moccasins are aggressive they I know sometimes fishing with my grandfather when I was younger, we had to, we were in a little John boat fishing and they would 
try to come crawl yep. in the boat. Yeah. They will follow you. Yeah. Like you owe them rent. Like they, <laughs> they are right, after yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're wild. <laughs> nope. No, thank you. Um, before we go, I want to give you the opportunity to plug any projects. Um, let everybody know where they can go and find your book or anything else about you. Last shot. Go. Sure. Positive Masculinity Now is available on Amazon in Kindle and in print. And in the next few months, we'll be releasing the audio version. Oh, nice. And you can find all of that on my website at positivemasculinitynow.org. We also have blogs that drop every couple of weeks that are on our blog. And we're always uh, on our website. We're always looking for blog contributors because we like to have different perspectives on this thing called gender and socialization. Yeah. So we're always looking for people that want to. And there's a how to contribute a blog on, on the website as well. So you can get all the guidelines there. And uh, yeah, that's everything. You'll, you'll find everything on the website. We also have the once a month free virtual discussion group. And we pick a different topic each month to discuss. And uh, we've discussed everything from masculinity and intimacy and what are the what are the roadblocks for us to have healthy intimacy you know to fostering creativity in our lives and things like we we talked about so many different things to help us have a better life and thrive and it's free so that's always fun <laughs> so right from anywhere you just you just join our mailing list and you get a link and yeah that's really cool. I'll definitely go check out, especially bl I love a good blog. I try to run a blog myself, but <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a lot of work, y'all. <laughs> and so. I will say that we've had people of all genders write blogs for us. Um, you know, we've had women write blogs about how their relationship with their father has affected their lives mm -hmm. and things like that. So, um, and we've had also women that are in gender studies write blogs for us. So, so anybody can write a blog. We really are open to all perspectives. That's really awesome because, like to your point, like it's nice to have the the spectrum of anybody and everybody to kind of talk about it because it would be kind of hypocritical to say, yeah, I'm a free thinker and open minded, but no, not you. <laughs> right. Like, well, and we can't. You know, we we do realize that masculinity has affected everyone. It doesn't. Correct. Affect <laughs> so, yeah, yeah exactly it's not just one person <laughs> right. yes. definitely well mac thank you so much for taking time and chatting with me i'll give you time back into your day um stay safe out there and until next time have a fantastic one thanks you too thank you what a amazing organization and amazing chat and you should go check positively positively you should i'm positive that you should positively go check out positive masculinity boom that was a tongue twister say that i probably gonna even say it twice fast so <laughs> anywho now we're gonna calm our minds have a second to breathe and meditate while i flip through and find a good thing to ponder on see the whole person that's that's good you need to see them as a whole you know bad mistakes don't make bad people right well sometimes if it's like murder or like rap you know open to the open to the effortlessness of being rather than doing oh girl i can't talk today it's pride though you can't say anything or it's homophobic anyways enjoy this meditation minute <laughs>
again, you're homophobic if you make fun of me for fucking up. Well, that's all I have for you this week. Big shout out to Mac for um, coming and talking about uh, the organization and his book. Please go check it out. Again, I will put links and all that good stuff in the episode description. And go follow on Twitter and Instagram and all that good stuff. Because supporting people is nice. Especially during Pride. Uh, But yeah, hopefully your Pride is going amazingly. We shouldn't have Pride like all the time but we're just gonna sprinkle a little extra sparkly rainbowness in june so go check out some places to donate and if you want to cash up or venmo me i'll accept that because i'm a queer person and <laughs> it's expensive being gay no but really um trevor project and things like that you should definitely go look into because it's amazing and yeah that's what i have to say and you can go follow me on social media, on Twitter, whichever one you use, uh, Tiki Talk, and Instagram, Sir Stephen Rice, on all platforms. Go follow me and tell me hi or happy pride or that I'm pretty because those things give me up in the morning and coffee. Lots and lots of coffee. But I do hope that you're being safe though for pride and where the world's at it is scary at times especially in a flow rider uh so be safe out there but also let your freak flag fly but not like you know don't go out in public and you know get arrested for indecent exposure in public don't do that but like be prideful and wash your hands (laughs) and mouth. (laughs) Until next time, have a fantastic day!